Welcome into the Phoenix Sports Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm your host, Michaela Perkins, and joining me today is Lindsay Smith, Leah Merrill, and Chirsten Sussell. I might be biased, but this is probably going to be my favorite episode of this podcast because coincidentally, uh, all all of us today are women on this podcast, which uh, just so happened to work out, which kind of makes me excited. I have never talked sports with all four of you at the same, all three of you at the same time before. I hope we live up to your expectations. <laughs> Don't let me down now. How's everybody doing on this beautiful Wednesday? Good. Yeah, pretty good. It's It's been an easy week. For me, considering I just came back from vacation, usually yeah. you would think this week would be tough, but surprisingly, it's been pretty calm so far. Well, Hopefully, at least, we keep it that way. Yeah, at least it's calm. We're all very jealous. You got to spend two weeks in Mexico, you lucky duck. Uh, welcome back to Arizona. You came back at a perfect time, though, because last week was a pretty good week for Arizona sports. Uh, everybody won, including the Coyotes, which is kind yes. of shocking. Yes, finally. Um, <laughs> let's get into our Valley Sports temperature check. Starting with the Cardinals, they surprisingly beat the 49ers with uh, their B squad, pretty much. Uh, Kyler Murray was out. So was DeAndre Hopkins, AJ Green. They lost Chase Edmonds early. Cheerson, what did that win do for Team Morale? Well, first off, it was a big win for the reasons that you just mentioned, but it was also a division win. They swept the series against the Niners. That was a big deal. It was a road victory, and it propelled them to an 8-1 and one record, which is a really good record, best in the NFL, and a record that the Cardinals have only seen a handful of times in franchise history. So all things considered, this team is feeling pretty good about themselves still not going to let it get to their heads though they feel like they want to keep the underdog mentality regardless of where they rank or what their record is but you know the way that they bounce back from the Packers loss they had a lot of time extra time to to let that resonate and sink in um and the, but the way that they were responded and they were shorthanded I think that told this team uh, what they're made of, all they need to know about themselves, and they're in a really good position right now. You love to hear it. Um, I know I mentioned some of the injuries. Do you have an update on Kyler or any of the other guys that were out this past week? Where are they at with their return so, to game status? Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Max Garcia. I feel like I might be missing one more uh, all day today. Aaron Brewer, the long snapper, um, is going to be out for a few weeks and they're going to have to bring somebody else in for that position. And AJ Green is still in COVID protocols, but Cliff Kingsbury said today that he's hoping that they're, that he's going to get, uh, he's going to return to the team within the next couple of days. So awesome. Love that. They're taking on the Panthers. What are you expecting from that matchup on Sunday? Well, I, you know, it's the, the Cardinals were heavy favorites in this game. They're back at home and the Panthers have their backup quarterback. That's going to be served, which might, might be better than Sam Darnold with the way that he was playing. But, um, you know, this should be a game that they should be able to, to win easily. Last I checked, they were about 10-point favorites So on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So uh, it should be a good game, and uh, they're going to certainly be wanting to take care of business because they've got the Seahawks up next. So Absolutely. Well, there you have it for the Cardinals. Speaking of winning, the Suns, and they are on <laughs> a, a five-game win streak. Yes. They are taking on Portland tonight. Lindsay, what are you expecting from that matchup? Well, hopefully a W and we can extend this win streak to six straight. I mean, that would be amazing. The Suns, you know, earlier this season, they lost to the Trailblazers by 29 points, which I'm sure that one stung just a little bit. So hopefully 
they kind of enter tonight's game with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder because of that. And then, um, you know, just to keep things going, it's, it's good to see. Unfortunately, I missed out on most of that win streak, but mm-hmm. it's good to see that this team is kind of clicking again and finding that rhythm that we all kind of expected them to have from the jump. Yeah. Um, but it just took a little bit of time. No big deal. At least they're there. <laughs> That's so all you, that matters. You're expecting the trajectory to keep going forward. Obviously, the Rockies start kind of like a finals hangover. But now yeah. it seems like they're back to their Exactly. Their and listen, I'm sure there will be ebbs and flows of the regular season. As always, it's not often that a team can just coast through a regular season. Right. But um, I'm glad to see everyone's kind of finding their rhythm again. Unfortunately, tonight, DeAndre Ayton is still out. Landry Mm -hmm. Shamit is doubtful. So we'll kind of see Landry later on this evening if something changes there, Um, which is kind of a bummer that DeAndre has been out for. I think this is his third. Bring on the tank. I know, but Frank the tank, man. (laughs) Frank Kaminsky has been shown up big and that's one of my favorite things about sports is, um, you know, when an injury does occur, like you don't ever want anybody to get hurt, but it allows for the next man up to kind of have an opportunity to do something really cool and and create a, a neat storyline. And I love Frank. I think he's an amazing guy, a great player. Um, and I love that he's been able to stay ready and come in in this time when they needed him and have an impact on this team and a positive one at that. So. We'll see tonight how everything shapes out, but I am confident. I believe the Suns are also, they have a 6.5 favorite against the Trailblazers tonight. So not bad. Yeah. We all love hashtag uh, Frank for MVP. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to appease Espo. So he uh, Kaminsky is happy Co. <laughs> Open for business. Um, well, we can finally continue the winning train right Woo-hoo! on down to Coyotes Town because the Coyotes finally won their first game. It might end there. <laughs> I'm just going to put it out there. It took uh, 12 tries. It was their 12th game of the 12th season. Game, yeah. uh, they finally beat the Seattle Kraken to get their first win of the year. Yeah. Yes. Leah, how did it feel watching the Coyotes finally it win a game? felt like something I hadn't felt in a long time. <laughs> I mean, they almost, if they had lost that game, they would have beaten the franchise record for worst starts um, in franchise history, 12 uh, games without a victory. But they just simply tied the record. So <laughs> that's not the kind of record you want to break. So funny you said, bring on the tank in my head. I was like, oh, yeah, like the tank, like the Coyotes tanking. Oh. That's where my brain went immediately. So, yeah, matchup tonight against Minnesota. Minnesota's second in the division. Coyotes are last. So mm, that would be a tough one. Yeah, Minnesota's been playing really well. So not looking I don't, too good. You know, there's the games on the calendar you can say maybe there's a chance there's others you you don't think so and i don't know how i feel about tonight am i allowed to say that i really like the name seattle kraken it's an amazing name they have their whole branding is incredible yeah they did a really good job with that like the branding the vibe like i am a big fan of how they put that team and that organization together um, as far as like a marketing purpose, you know what yeah. I mean? I don't know anything going on behind the scenes <laughs> yeah. how the organization is run or anything like that. Like even but... when they unveiled the name yes. and everything like that, they had like they did a great job with yeah. their videos and stuff like awesome. that. So I'm, I'm big... excited that they're a team. Yeah, I'm a big fan of teams that embrace a little bit of edginess because mm. yeah. um, I think the traditional uh, vibe that most teams went with originally was like family friendly. You know what I mean? And that's great because you want to have a family friendly environment. But I love a little bit of edginess, you know? Yes. The yeah. Kings have that. Yeah. So yeah. 
I'm glad that the Knights have it a little bit too. Yeah, the Knights yeah, are they great. Yeah. They're yeah. so fun. I would say and Carolina so, too. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. I think it's great. It's yeah. fun for hockey. Yeah, for sure. One bright spot so far in the season, however, that I don't think any of us were anticipating Vimelka is yes. looking like a freaking brick wall in net. Yes. How cool is it to watch him kind of step up and super, carry this team? Super <laughs> unexpected. I mean, the goaltender situation going into the season, none of the goalies that were on the Coyotes last year returned, which is really rare. So all new goaltenders and nobody really knew what to expect. And Carter Hutton is currently on the injured reserve list, so Vimelka has had a chance to step up. This is his first season playing in the North American game, so he's only played in the Czech Republic before, um, so that's an adjustment, but he's probably been the brightest spot of this Coyote season so far just to see him succeed. He gives the team a chance to win every night. The team just hasn't been matching it with providing offense and defense, but, you know, it'll He'll, he'll, he'll get the team some wins this season for Those sure. Those are the stories I'm talking about. Like, that's what you... Exactly. When you're in a situation like that, if you have to be in a situation like that, finding those bright spots exactly. and seeing, seeing people succeed when they probably wouldn't have had the opportunity prior to, um, I love those. Yeah. I, I got to imagine that that's sort of a, a morale boost as well when your team stinks that bad. If there's a guy day in and day out that first off, nobody really had much belief in, mm-hmm. that's consistent shows up as a bright spot it's a little bit of a motivator when you've got a guy in net that's at least putting you in a position to to win some games so right hopefully everyone else steps up in the same way it's like like, okay if this guy can do it i gotta show up yeah exactly absolutely it's always nice when you see the arizona teams succeeding i think it kind of makes our jobs easier too (laughs) (laughs) exactly i can attest to that yeah Yeah. (laughs) i will say my first season in the nba um i obviously reached out to a lot of women who worked in the nba for some advice and things and the one that stuck out the most to me was, hey, I know you work for the Suns, but let me tell you, if you can learn to cover a losing team, when they start winning, it'll be like a cakewalk. So this is just you yes. learning how <laughs> to enjoy it when your team does finally get to win. Well, poor Leah, she has had to come up with very many creative ways <laughs> to cover this Coyotes team, but she's done a great job. If you guys haven't checked out the PHNX Coyotes podcast, you must go check it out. Same with the rest of the podcast that everybody else is on up here. They are all phenomenal at what they do. That was our Valley Sports temperature check. And before we get into our topic of the day, got to tell you guys about DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, attention all hoopers, all you hoopers out there. I feel so bad. It's an awkward saying that. <laughs> Not the type of person what, what? to say hooper. Um, are you ready to net some free bets? Now you can bet on any NBA this game, NBA game this week with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers who bet just $1 on either team to score can win $100 in free bets. When a team scores, you score. I feel like um, scoring in basketball happens a lot. So um, <laughs> shouldn't be shouldn't be a few times a game. Issue. That yeah. seems like yeah. a pretty solid, uh, pretty solid. It's a uh, no brainer. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You should absolutely do it. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get skin in the game with new same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. That's one of my favorite parts of the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PHNX. Bet $1 on either team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code PHNX this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official 
official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 and up only, Arizona only, gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, new customers only, eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. All right, how about we get into our main topic of the day? We're going to play a little game <laughs> called Owner, GM, Coach, Broadcaster. And I feel like this is a really fun way to talk about current players on our Arizona teams and how they would fit into different roles if they were given a chance. So I want to know which current players on each of your teams you think would make the best owner, GM, coach, and broadcaster. I think we should start with the Cardinals. Kirsten. Are we going to list all of them first or should we do it by position? I think we should go by team okay. and tell me each of your selections. Okay. Okay. Right off the bat? Yeah, hit me with it. Okay. Who, I, well, I guess we should start with the top, right, for management's sake. So who would you think would make the best owner of the Arizona Cardinals that's a current player? So owner, I would say um, if Larry was a player, it would be Larry uh, because he has ownership experience. But after that, I would say DeAndre Hopkins because okay. he negotiated his own dang deal, studied himself, uh, got himself like, I, I think, the top deal for any receiver ever. So he was really good at it um, and sat there with Steve Keim and was able to pull that off, which is a scary thing in and of itself. And he's also like probably the most business savvy uh, than anyone on that team. He is all about, uh, he's got like all sorts of different companies in his hands and anything from, you know, real estate to, you know, clothing to nonprofits to, I mean, you name it, he's a part of it. And so, uh, and that started at a super young age for him. So I think that he would probably be the best owner. That's a great answer. I did not know that he did all of those things like outside of playing football. Oh my goodness. DeAndre Hopkins is probably more business minded than like Didn't football he come up minded. with his own cereal? Like he did all of that himself too. Yeah, the cereal thing. So I did look into it a little bit. Uh, I believe um, like Josh Allen, Bill's quarterback, and like one other player also with this company have their own cereal. So I don't know if he like was the one that like originally came up with it, but like, that's another thing. Like he has so many business ventures. It's insane. He's really impressive and extremely intelligent. I don't know where he finds the time. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. I, yeah. I feel like most of his time is taken up, but the fact that he can do that is incredible and just speaks to his time management skills, which I could definitely use a little bit of. Uh-huh. Same, same. I think that's a great option. Yeah, that's yeah. great. And Thanks, I actually, guys. Good job, Jason. <laughs> it. I actually lied. I think we should do each position for each I team. Agree. Yeah, I think that would be great. I yeah. messed that up. That was on me. <laughs> oh my All goodness. right, Leah, hit us with your nomination right. for which player would be the best owner of the Coyotes. So this one was was tough. I um, collaborated with Craig and Petey, my co-hosts on the uh, Coyote show, and we came up with Louis Erickson. Um, he's new to the team this year, but he's you know been in the league a long time, really experienced player. Um, he his so this is not enough to buy a team, but his career earnings are sixty one million six hundred sixty six thousand eight hundred seventy dollars. So okay. you know it's a start. Wait, how many million? Sixty one million dollars. I mean, compared to the rest of the roster, I feel like he probably has the most lifetime. Earnings, yeah, he's uh, been around up. for a long time. He's a veteran. <laughs> I don't know, maybe Kessel. 
Oh, that's true. Yeah, Kessel's yeah, Kessel. And we actually, it's so funny. And we talked about Kessel because he looks, he literally like looks like he would be an owner <laughs> somehow. Like that, that was like my runner-up choice. Are you saying he doesn't look like an athlete? <laughs> I'm saying that he looks he like an owner. Boss vibe. Yeah, yes. Boss vibes. But also another thing about Louis Erickson is he's been a finalist for the Lady Bing Trophy, which in, uh, is for the player to have exhibited the best type of sportsmanship and gentlemanly conduct. And I feel like that that's was, what you want from an that's owner. That's what you want from an owner. And, you know, I just think he has a quiet presence. He looks the part. He's been in the NHL for a long time. He's from Sweden originally. So he has that international vibe. And I just feel like he would make a great NHL owner. It's a great answer. I love that as well. Good job, Leah. Lindsay, hit us with your son's nomination. All right. My nomination is going to be Diana Taurasi. Not technically a son, but within the Suns Mercury organization. So for starters, she's the only person that I know of within that organization that has expressed multiple times her interest in owning a team or being a part owner of a team and that... You know, when people ask her, ask her what her post-playing career is going to be, it's always like broadcaster, coach, and she's like, no, I want to own the damn thing. So I think she would be great because she wants to. But in addition to that, she's an incredibly intelligent person just in general terms, but also, also basketball-wise. Um, I think she would put a lot of focus on putting the right people around her mm. and first and foremost, creating a winning team and environment, but but also equally as important, you know, creating a profitable organization. I also think she'd be at the forefront with her organization of, you know, social justice and doing the right things and being a champion for change where it's needed, not just within sports, but in life in general. Love that out of sports organizations personally, because sports is a leader in a lot of things culturally. And we've seen it with the W a lot. Those women are constantly mm -hmm. out there fighting the good fight and making change in this world. And so having somebody who's already had that experience at the helm of an organization would be chef's kiss. <laughs> Plus, whenever the media did get her in front of some cameras, she'd be hilarious. And she'd we love hilarious. that. It doesn't help, or it certainly helps, rather, that she's so well-respected. Yeah, It wouldn't be like... I was just going to say that. Like, yeah. there's not one single person on this planet who wouldn't want to play for Diana Taurasi. Exactly. Yeah. Like, she's exactly. incredible. Yeah. yeah. She probably could be at any one of the positions that we're going to talk about, yeah. to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, like, some of these picks that I have, I'm like, well, I guess I could throw them here or here or here. Yeah. <laughs> kind of fit in everywhere. But, yeah, so Diana is my pick for owner. That is a great pick. I am actually going to do Diamondbacks, okay. if that's okay with everybody. Yeah, I, if anybody does not know, I am a huge baseball nerd. I love baseball. So I feel like we need some Diamondbacks representation, so I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and do it. Um, my nomination for the owner of the Diamondbacks, who's a current player, would actually be Merrill Kelly. So he is one of the Diamondbacks starting pitchers. He spent some time in Korea, in the Korean Baseball League out there. And I feel like he has the type of personality that you need for a baseball owner. So he would be the type that would let <laughs> his general manager and his vice president of baseball operations make all the decisions. And he would kind of just be there as an overseer who would, you know, 
just make sure everything's written correctly, but let the people who are in the positions do their jobs correctly. Very important trait. Mm. Super important. <laughs> um, I am scarred by owners who don't do that. So I was like, making... trust the people you put in place that they're going to do the job you hired yeah, them to do. Absolutely. And if you don't think that they will, then why did you hire them in the first place? Exactly. And Merrill's definitely that type of person that would do that. He also has connections. Um, you know, obviously all the international connections are really important in baseball when you are scouting talent from other countries. <laughs> that don't come from the Americans uh, college system or high school system. So it's always good to have those international connections. And I think more than anything, the selling point for him is just that he would let the people who he hires do their jobs. So that's a big one. <laughs> I'm going to go with Merrill Kelly for the owner of the Diamondbacks. Uh, that like is my it. nomination. <laughs> All right, let's do GM. Go back to the Cardinals. Cheerson, who do you have as a player who would make a great GM? All right. So I'll preface it with saying that I did have a hard time narrowing it down to one because I do feel like the Cardinals have a lot of really intelligent, um, well-respected players that I feel like could potentially become a general manager. But I've been riding this train all season long, Kayla. Yeah, I think you agree with me. I'm just going to go with Jordan Hicks yeah. because he is he's an absolute leader. Um, he's very intelligent in order to play, you know, Mike Backer and have you know, be the quarterback of the defense. You've got to be uh, extremely intelligent and have a high football IQ. And then, you know, he obviously shows uh, that he is able to be level-headed and mature in situations that are uncomfortable. And he stood his ground, even when speaking behind the scenes, he stood his ground in terms of like, I'm going to take the high road. Uh, I'm going to handle this situation that was uncomfortable with the general manager and with my teammates and remain respected throughout it all and took the high road that I feel like most players wouldn't. And we've been, you know, we've just been singing his praises all season long, but I feel like he's a guy that would show respect to every player, regardless of the situation. And, um, is just is just super intelligent. So I'm that's I'm going with Jordan Hicks. Yeah, that's a great pick. I completely agree with you. I'm a huge Jordan Hicks fan. I think he's a great football player, but an even better person. And so you can't really go wrong when you have someone like that leading your organization and dealing with players. So great pick. Leah, hit us with your Coyotes pick. All right. So for GM for Coyotes, I picked um, Andrew Ladd. Again, new to the Coyotes this year, not new to the NHL. He's an NHL veteran, um, drafted in 2004. He's been on a number of teams, Carolina, Chicago, Atlanta, Winnipeg, Islanders, Coyotes. So he's Holy been God. around <laughs> um, and he's won two Stanley Cups. Uh, he won a cup with Carolina and with the Blackhawks as well. And I think just having been in all of those positions and all those teams, you get to be a part of a lot of different situations and see how different teams are built. Um, Atlanta moved to Winnipeg, so he's been part of a relocation. Um, and he's just like a mature leader. I mean, the Coyotes brought him in. He got an a on his chest immediately before he even played a game that he's looked to as that veteran presence. So when I think of, you know, a GM and somebody who would, you know, know how to construct a team based on all of his experience in the NHL and just his, you know, personality as well, I think he'd be a great pick. And I also was curious, I looked it up, of the 32 NHL teams, 23 of the current GMs had a pro career. So, oh, it's it's a thing. It's a common thing, and I could for sure see Andrew Ladd being a NHL GM. 
I'm so glad we did this because I don't know any of these people that you're talking about. And so getting to know them for your lens I is wish like so I interesting. I could chime in on the conversation instead of just nodding my head. <laughs> yeah. It's just how it is this year. <laughs> I know all the new players, all the new faces makes it so hard. Well, and it's tough too when you're your main job is to cover a different team like for me we compete like we're both playing tonight like I can't watch your games you know what I mean as often as I would like so but that's why we have you so we can go watch your shows and get all up to date on everything I feel more invested in these players now because I think they're so much cooler now that I know that they've done some cool things so totally love that all right Lindsay so this one was a tough one I'm not gonna lie um so Chris Paul could have definitely been a candidate for this, but I didn't want to use players twice. So we're saving Chris Paul for a later um, position. So for this one, I'm going to go with Devin Booker. Um, I know he was instrumental in recruiting Chris Paul to the team. He, I think he's got an incredibly high basketball IQ. You know, his dad has experience as an agent now and moving into that space later on in his life and his career so I think Devin could absolutely do it. Um, the The one thing that I would be a little bit maybe hesitant about is I don't know that I would say Devin is a natural born leader, mm. but I don't know that you also need that from a general manager. From a general manager, I think you need somebody who has a very high basketball IQ, is good at the behind the scenes negotiating and working with players and convincing them to come to your team. I think Devin has those two things. Um, If he were, if this was a coaching option, I think the natural born leader thing would be a little bit of a bigger red flag maybe. Uh, But I think he would be good in a general manager role and kind of stay behind the scenes. And again, I know I mentioned this with Diana, putting the right people around him, you know, those analytic brains, the people who are the numbers guys, like, you can tell he's already done that within his career, so I think he would do the same thing if he moved into a general manager role. You bring up a good point about like the leader. Like I don't look at – I've never, ever, ever talked about Steve Kimes' leadership ability. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Although I feel like James Jones probably has a little bit of that more so in terms of those qualities than Steve Kimes if you're just comparing the two, but – um, yeah, you're, you're probably right. It doesn't, it means probably leadership means qualities, a little bit means less. A, yeah, has, yeah. Yeah. In the general manager role. But at the same time, I do think having a little bit of that, which Devin absolutely does, I think he's more of a lead by example and you can't really be an example in a leadership role. Whereas a teammate, you can absolutely be an example. Right. Um, so I think that's the difference in his leadership styles. It's not more of a vocal or a communication thing. It's more like, I'm going to show you by doing instead of telling and as a gm you can't really do the job as much you know right. <laughs> so that's a good pick love it all right my pick for gm current diamondbacks players i think i'm gonna go with nick ahmed uh nick ahmed is a great human being again i know we talked about that a lot but he really is a solid human being i feel like a lot of the players on the diamondbacks roster respect him in a way that would indicate he would make a good leader of an organization. And so I think he is obviously a leader in the locker room. He's been there um, for quite some time now on the Diamondbacks roster. He's also extremely analytical. Um, He is one of the best defensive shortstops in baseball. And I know that he makes a lot of adjustments to his playing game based off of analytics. Um, And I know, too, that when Zach Greinke was here, Zach Greinke is a like a baseball nerd like he knows the game of baseball in and out he is constantly looking at stats like Zach Greinke had suggestions for uh 
draft picks based off of their high school careers for uh, Tori Lovello when they were going into the draft. So, and I know Nick, Nick and uh, Zach talked about that a lot. So, obviously, Nick has that analytical piece, which is super important in baseball. Um, obviously, knowing stats and knowing numbers is important for any general manager position, but even more so in baseball because there's just so much of it. So, I think Nick would be a great general manager. He's very laid back, very easygoing. So I think he's an easy person to get along with. And uh, I think he would make a really good baseball GM. I think Nick and it's interesting because now I've got myself thinking of like, okay, what's the difference between like what qualities do a general manager, do they truly need? But I think Nick does a lot of like missions trips mm-hmm. overseas and um a lot of outreach thing i think a lot of, like one theme i feel like a lot of us have already chosen for like people for these positions like they've all got like one thing in common so far and they're all out in the community in some way and are giving back in some way and i don't know that that's a quality that a general manager needs but i certainly would you know, would would like high character people yeah. in high positions. And so I feel like we all agree on that. Well, I also think to that point, because as a general manager, you're having the hard conversations with players at times, right? If you're potentially going to trade somebody or when a trade happens, you have you are the representation for your organization as far as uh, your what's the word I'm looking for? Um, shoot, I just had a brain fart. I did this the other day when I see, like, just your reputation. You're the representation for your reputation. Right. Yeah. And if you are blindsiding players and players are constantly being like, oh, my GM came to me and told me I wasn't on the trading black Uh at all. And then all of a sudden I found out on Twitter, like that reputation follows you for a long time. And then it makes other players question, like, do I want to come play for this organization? So to have compassion within who you are to be able to have those conversations and explain and, you know, maintain those relationships because what if the player wants to come back or you want them to come back at a later time? Well, your culture is way beyond just your players on your court, your head coach. I always believe that it starts at the top and trickles down. And so when you're talking about building a culture, the culture that people want to come work for, people want to come play for, that has a good reputation here in the Valley – We've seen examples from both ends of the spectrum on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, you always want high character people in those positions for that for those reasons. So yeah, yeah. It's, and like you were saying too, it's a huge selling point in free agency when players are looking to go to organizations. Like a lot of the times, like the connections that they have with the players and like what they've heard about the reputation of the team sells them on a place to go. And so Mm -hmm. or detours them. Yeah, exactly. So if you have players that are advocating for your general manager, for your owner saying this is the place to be, they treat us so good, you know, that's going to be crucial to a team's functionality and just operating as a team in general. So it's a good point. Cheers to it. Who would make a great coach that is a current player? I feel like there's a lot of options. Oh, there's a lot of options, but uh, I have one just, that is just fitting for today because uh, Cliff Kingsbury spoke this morning and mentioned that Colt McCoy is the only guy that he knows of that has dinner periodically with the coaches because he considers himself a coach. We've seen. But I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, we've <laughs> seen. Uh, as you probably saw my tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Because it was a super interesting tidbit on him. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've also seen 
the coaching role that he's taken on specifically with Kyler. Yeah. And so Colt was brought in for a multitude of reasons. One, because he's, as we saw on Sunday, a great option as a backup quarterback on the field. But then also because he's super intelligent. He's a veteran. He's got a humble personality. And he's he's willing to take on that backup role, which includes a lot of coaching. And so I think he would be uh, a tremendous head coach. And I'm sticking to it. Although you're right. I feel like there's probably multiple people on the Cardinals that can definitely coach and have the qualities of a head coach. I think I'm interested to see Colt McCoy's post playing career, what he does after he's done being a player, because I really do feel like he actually could be a coach in the NFL. Oh, absolutely. Like he's so talented. And he's been with a lot of teams too. I mean, he's been put in, in a lot of positions and and learn from a lot of different organizations, head coaches, other quarterbacks, offensive coordinators, et cetera. Um, so much so that he's still in the league after I think 12, 12 seasons or whatever. I mean, there's a lot of people I was like, wait, Colt, you know, that outside of Arizona, like wait, yeah. Colt's still in the league, you know, and you don't, there's a reason why as a backup quarterback, kind of a journeyman type of player that you are able to stay in the league uh, for so long, and I would say a lot of that has to do with just leadership intelligence, and you're going to make whoever you're starting quarterback or that quarterback room in general better uh, by your presence. Yeah, so. absolutely. Hopefully he'll be a coach someday. That'd be cool to watch. Mm-hmm. Leah, yeah, who is your nomination for coach? All right, I'm finally bringing someone everyone knows. Yay! Um, <laughs> so my nomination for coach is Lawson Krause. Um, okay, He's Makes a good personality. He gets along with everyone, happy, but he's also a gritty player, competitive. Um, he was a high draft pick, but he paid his dues um, in the American Hockey League. And, you know, looking at the turnover of this current Coyotes team, he's kind of now in that leadership position, um, having been a consistent member of the team, which is not, which is rare for this team right yeah. now. But <laughs> in saying that, I think what's really important in hockey especially with coaches is as a player, you want to play for someone who you knew, you know, would do the same. Like Mm. as a coach, you can't ask a player to go out and, and fight or, you know, take big minutes and do all these things. If you haven't been in that position yourself. And that's one thing about Lawson Krause that I feel like just based on the type of player he is and he's, you know, skilled and scores goals and gets points, but he also, you know, will stand up for his teammates and take hits and, you know, just all the things that he's hes a well-rounded player. And I think that that would translate well to coaching a team and asking that of his own players. And then, you know, just being a likable guy. I mean, I think the way coaching is has changed. It used to be, you know, old school, hardball. And I just I think he can, you know, still hold everyone to a high standard, but also have a relationship. He's got an Instagram for his dog. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. He's so likable. He's so relatable. So I just feel like teams players would like playing for him because he would connect with everyone on an individual basis we've seen it i mean obviously with ted lasso and monty williams (laughs) like players want to play for coaches now who can relate to them as human beings Mm -hmm. first and then athletes second because not everybody is motivated the same way they're like very no just in general speaking they're very similar kind of personalities where gotcha because cliff compared himself to ted lasso did he yeah wow well then cliff's right in there too (laughs) i love that 
So for me, I'm sorry, were you done? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. We're done, Leah. Thank you. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> on. You set her up so well. She's <laughs> riding the way. Um, I think Chris Paul, obviously. I do think Chris Paul could have been a really good GM as well. But this year in the GM survey, um, the GMs voted him as the current player who they think will be the best head coach one day. So Obviously, I had to pick Chris Paul <laughs> as a great potential head coach one day. Um, you know, he Chris Paul is a natural-born leader, in my opinion. He's got an incredibly high basketball IQ and knowledge in general. You know, he served as the president of the NBPA prior to him being the president. He was on the executive committee for 11 years. Um, he just has a lot of experience in leadership-type roles, basketball-wise and others. Um, and I think he would make a really great head coach because I think he's, he is that kind of person. Let's be honest. He does have a reputation of being a little bit hard sometimes on his teammates, but I think as a coach, he could maybe navigate that a little bit better because he's not in the game. He's not maybe feeling that emotion as much as, uh, leading from the sidelines versus leading in a game. I know a lot of people have talked about him being just kind of a sounding board, whether it's coming to him for advice or just to vent a little bit, get some frustration off their chest. And I think that would be a great uh, characteristic of a coach. I think you could consider him already sort of like a mini coach on the team for sure. And he elevates... He, he already is coaching, you know, he took Devin Booker under his wing. We all know that DeAndre Ayton sort mm-hmm. of felt like he wanted to elevate his game when Chris Paul became a part of the team. And, you know, Chris Paul's done a ton for the players ton, on this team. A ton. And yeah. he's got he's he has really good. Um, uh, what do you call it? When you uh, perspective. Yeah. Mm. And I think, you know, even Monty Williams said at one point in his career, he was super harsh and at times unrelatable. And he had to kind of, and he was harsh with, with Chris Paul and, and he had to sort of through the years realize this is the way, you know, guys want to be coached. This Mm -hmm. is the way guys don't want to be coached and had to grow into that role. And Chris has the awareness, I think, where he would be able to realize what's working, what's not, despite how he is on the court. Like, I think he's just that intelligent and has that much awareness. And you have to in order to hold the positions that he's held um, and be respected the way that he that he is as a player within the organization and within the league. So Chris Paul, for sure. Yeah. I yeah. hope. Doesn't he? And he's had like, uh, I forget who it was, was... Uh, was it Devin Booker that like he had uh you know like over to like just train and stuff like that I think he does that anyways with like different up players, and, yeah different like up teammates. and coming athletes even not, like not even teammates mm. but just like guys that are like uh you know about to enter the draft or like young in their careers you know he'll have them over get to know them uh you know get the chance to play with Chris Paul. And uh, I swear it was Devin Booker that kind of did something like that with Chris like way back when, but maybe I'm, maybe it was somebody else. I don't remember, so he already does all the right things that right. like yeah. a coach would. And when you do. say leader in sons, I automatically think of Chris mm-hmm. Paul. Totally. as like the first person that comes to mind. Yeah. So, and he is definitely an extension, like you said, of, of coach out there on the floor. And then just the last little thing is 
he's super tactful with his words and he knows how to handle the media already and answer tough questions with poise. So um, I think that's an important kind of role as well of the coach because you're constantly in front of the media more so than all the players are because you talk every single day, every single game, multiple times, sometimes a day. So that's something that you'd have to be very comfortable with as a coach. And He's I had a lot of practice having that. to tactfully answer yes. questions, unfortunately, yes. for him. But that was a great pick. Um, my pick for coach for Diamondbacks, I think I think it's obvious. I don't know how you guys feel about it. I would definitely pick David Peralta. Um, he is a hilarious human being um, who I think... Sign me up to play for David Peralta. Yes, he has the <laughs> best personality um, he's spent his entire major league career with the Diamondbacks. And those for those of you that don't know, David Peralta actually played independent baseball. He uh, was an independent baseball player and also worked at McDonald's at the same time to make ends meet for his family. So he has grinded his entire life to get to where he is today. Um, obviously, he's already a leader in the clubhouse for the Diamondbacks. He uh, has been on the Diamondbacks for the longest um, out of anybody there that's left. And um, he, I think, is a leader in the in the clubhouse, and I think he would be a great coach. He knows how to motivate guys. He knows how to talk to guys in a way to get them to perform or to make them feel better or whatever it might be. And I think uh, he has the respect of a lot of people in the Diamondbacks organization and is just an overall great human being. He also has a great personality, which I think is always great when you have a baseball coach because sometimes baseball is a little boring. I'll admit it. It's a little long, a little slow. And so you need someone that can interject that energy into the clubhouse and get guys to get motivated. So I would go with David Peralta. He has like this zest for life too that's almost contagious mm-hmm. or maybe it's a zest for baseball. But either way, if you've got somebody that's like showing up to the clubhouse, win or lose, uh, as your manager, and he's the guy that's going to set the tone, really, for morale, etc. Um, Peralta is like you don't you don't get much better. I mean, yeah. he's like the epitome of all of all of that. Yeah. Plus, I feel like when you have a story like his, um, any anybody who is at the helm of your team who has a really inspiring story, I feel like that always helps too because. You look at that person and you immediately have so much respect for what mm-hmm. they've been able to do and and what they've been able to accomplish despite, you know, hardships in their life. So those are the type of pers- the people who can bring some perspective when you are going through a losing streak or a tough season or a tough decade, <laughs> whatever it may be, and turn to and be like, okay, yes. If this person can make it through what they went through, we as a team can make it through this. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's another huge piece about David Peralta being a good coach is like he a lot of about what makes baseball a difficult sport is the continual development aspect piece of it. So, you know, when you're drafted either out of high school or in through college and you go through the minor system, it's could be four or five years before you even get to the big leagues. And that entire time you're developing um, as a baseball player and as a human. But then also, you know, you're doing all of that as a professional athlete, but also not getting paid a lot having to live in horrible conditions. It's all like a, it's a horrible situation for minor league players. But, you know, when they get to the big leagues, finally, it's a really hard adjustment period for them. And a lot of people don't realize how hard it is to go from, you know, spending four or five, six years in minor league baseball to finally being a major league baseball player. And I think David Peralta can really relate to those young players that if he were a coach would be on his team to help them adjust to that period and to help like give them advice on, you know, how to make that switch. And um, I think that would be a good selling point as David as a coach so totally that's a great pick thanks Cheerson round us out with your broadcaster picks so picks <laughs> or or pick single pick single pick is fine <laughs> I only wrote one down um so again I think it's a 
position that a lot of Cardinals players could hold. But I'm just going to go with Justin Pugh because he – I don't know if you guys know much about him. He's an offensive lineman, so, I mean – Maybe not everybody knows much about him, but he's got a he's got a great personality. He's super fun, super light. There's something about offensive linemen in general where they're typically like the funniest guys on the team. Um, and I kind he kind of reminds me of a Joe Thomas type of guy, a former Browns offensive lineman that is now a really successful broadcaster. And so I'm gonna go with with him, but I also feel like. Justin Pugh and DJ Humphreys yes. should have their own oh show. Oh my god, that would be hilarious. <laughs> Hump is a great interview. So I, like if I if they could just like have their own show, that would instantly be like one of my all-time favorites. They should start a podcast. <laughs> they should. That would be incredible. They're Let's doing get them to join PHNX. <laughs> um that's actually something that uh, I've noticed that athletes have started doing. Uh Shelby Harris from the Broncos, he's a, a player there. He has a, his own podcast. So Patrick Peterson has his own. Yeah. yeah they need to hop on the podcast train. So much. even in the NBA, there's so many former players and a handful of current players. I know, but the weird thing too. is the current players because you definitely weren't seeing that like even like yeah. five years ago. Yeah, where you're like, wait a second, new. you're still playing and you have your own podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's very interesting. But the former player, absolutely, it's a natural transition. But I'm I would just subscribe gonna, like, to that podcast out there. so fast. Justin Pugh, DJ Humphreys, please start your own pod. We'd love it. <laughs> Give Tristan the credit, but yeah, you, you got a subscriber already. <laughs> All right, Leah, who is your nomination for a broadcaster? All right, this was the most obvious one for me of all these. Um, I said Christian Fisher. I mean, he's like the personality on the Coyotes. He's hilarious. Um, Right now he has – there's like a little video series the Coyotes are doing where he just walks around the locker room with like a tiny microphone and asks the players like – A natural. Yeah, exactly. Just (laughs) ask them like like the – the other day it was do you put your christmas tree up like before or after thanksgiving like just after. random um after. he's he's also I thank agree. you I oh agree. my god i love that for us <laughs> i agree you sane human beings oh. on this podcast today oh my gosh <laughs> to be fair halloween decorations go up in september so don't have me on that <laughs> but anyway um i mean yeah he's just a no-brainer for me he's also been a guest on the pgnx coyote show and he was hilarious on that too um you know he brought he like Craig hates ketchup and Christian like showed up to the interview with a bottle of ketchup like in the camera like just funny so I just think you know when you're watching hockey and especially for a color commentator not necessarily like play by play but that would just add so much fun and I think you know he has the personality for it so that's my choice I love color commentators who can bring fun Mm-hmm. Like knowledge, because that's their role, right? Is to break things down, mm-hmm. bring the, the more extensive knowledge. But I also love it when they can bring fun. Mm-hmm. And like, it's a little different when a former player is like ripping on a current player because it's not as mean, I guess. And it's a little more playful. So I love those. Yeah. That's a good Craig one. doesn't like ketchup. Craig does not like ketchup. Well, then. You should ask. <laughs> I also it. don't like ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that's a conversation for another time that could be a whole podcast (laughs) i like ketchup is not on my hot dog anyways um that was a great pick christian fisher is hilarious i could watch any digital segment that he does through the coyotes any day he's awesome at that so good pick leah how are you how are you feeling lins who are you going for with your broadcaster i couldn't narrow it down to one sorry so i put together a whole squad Um, (laughs) is there a sideline reporter in there yes so I'm gonna put Skylar Diggins Smith and Cam Johnson. Um, 
in the analyst slash play-by-play uh, roles. And then Frank Kaminsky is our sideline reporter. Ooh. Ooh. And that's just a traditional broadcast. But outside of the traditional style broadcast, I also think all three of these guys and gals would be amazing at like an NBA Twitter Live kind of broadcast or um, even just fun podcasting. Skylar and Cam are extremely thoughtful with their words and they put a ton of thought just behind not only what they say, but how they say it. And I think that would serve them incredibly well in this position. Frank is obviously hilarious and would bring a ton of personality to any broadcast, which, like I just said, I love that in broadcasts. Um, and then, of course, all three of them are very knowledgeable and would provide great insight as former players. So I think those are my picks I like for broadcasters. Pick. So I, which one? Uh, the Frank pick, I feel like, for sure. Cam Johnson is uh, – that's like a no-brainer, and I feel like he's got like a little more of like a, a serious vibe too. Mm-hmm. Skylar's already doing the thing. Right. Uh, so we know that she'd be great. And then to like add Frank in there – fantastic yeah i think honestly you could make if you brought in a traditional uh play-by-play person into this broadcast crew and then you had skylar and cam as there's been a couple times where we've had two analysts on different broadcasts you could put them in or interchange them every few games right and then you have frank as your sideline and i just think it would be a solid move i love the skylar pick she like tristan said is already doing the thing but Mm -hmm. she reminds me a lot of candace parker and i hope that eventually at some point in her career, she'll get to do what Candace Parker does on the show with uh, Shaq. So yeah. I think that'd be cool and I think Skylar, like last year, um, was I think the first time she had ever really dipped her toes into the broadcast. So there were times where I'm like, I can feel that she's maybe a little bit nervous or hesitant, but who isn't in your first kind of situation like that? And you have like who isn't this... even after your career has been established, right? Right. <laughs> but then I think when you start out too, you're like, oh, I want people to take me seriously. Yeah. And so you sacrifice some of like the personality aspect of it too. And then you really see people flourish when they're mm-hmm. like, listen, I've been doing this for X amount of games, X amount of years, whatever. Like I'm confident in it. Like if you don't respect me at this point, it is what it is in this you role. Can kick rocks. You can, yeah, you can <laughs> kick rocks and then you sort of loosen up a little bit. Right. Yeah. And I think she absolutely would. Like I was able to have her on a podcast at one point in time and um, she loosened up in that and she's got a great personality. She's super fun. And I think if she were put in the right setting um, as a broadcaster, she would excel. I agree. That was a great pick, Lynn. Good job. <laughs> um, my pick for broadcasters, I feel like this is hard because like not a lot of people watch baseball and a lot of people think baseball is boring, which is totally fine. But I've never are, said that. <laughs> there are <laughs> some <laughs> players never on the one. Diamondbacks who have great personalities. I did a broadcast team, so my um, play-by-play would be Josh Rojas, and then my color would be Carson Kelly. I'm sorry, switch it. Carson Kelly would be my play-by-play. Josh Rojas would be my color. Um, Carson Kelly is the catcher. Um, very good at breaking down plays in baseball obviously as a catcher he can call pitches and all that good stuff so um, he's also really funny too and has a great personality so what listening to Carson I think would be easy um, and then Josh Rojas has an incredible personality um, he's really funny and he does a lot of uh, broadcast appearances for the Diamondbacks um, and radio interviews so I know he's got a good radio voice and I think he would be a good pick for the Diamondbacks broadcast so those are my two nominations Can I just say real quick, being a sideline reporter, um, 
in baseball, I don't even know if they're called sideline reporters, so correct me if I'm wrong. Close enough. Because um, yeah. I've never really looked looked or whatever. <laughs> Would be really difficult for a winning team because they're constantly getting Gatorade dumped on oh them. Oh, my gosh. Like every, <laughs> every person in that role that I know, Instagram is covered in pictures of Gatorade being dumped on them. And I, I feel like that would be difficult because I'd be like, now I got to wash my hair. <laughs> and can I wear this outfit tonight? Because would Gatorade ruin it? Well, you got to like work a little extra money for like hair and clothes into your contract. Dry cleaning. Yeah, yeah. All the whole thing. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I feel like I would like it for the first time and maybe after like really big wins. But then like if they're just like dumping Gatorade consistently, I would be yeah. so mad. I'd be like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> there would be a couple of times where it would be great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it would be really great to have those celebrations every now and then. Um, well, but- ideally you have somebody on your team as in like your broadcast team that's like going to tell you that it's coming so you can move out of the way. But Which- it seems like lately in baseball, the goal is to get both the person being interviewed and the interviewer. Like that, that's it me. just seems like that's the goal. It just wouldn't be the case if it was me. Out, you just have an umbrella in your pocket, and you're like, <laughs> yeah, like press there the button. <laughs> yeah. All right. I mean, well, it would be fun, but yeah. Great job, guys! Thank you so much for your very well thought out picks. I'm not surprised because I know you all are very good at what you do. So that was awesome to hear all of your picks for which uh, Arizona sport athlete would make the best in each of those roles. Before we wrap this up. Uh, you got to tell you always about DraftKings one more time. Make sure you use code PHNX when you sign up uh, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. If you bet just a dollar for any NBA team to score, you will get $100 in free bets, which is obviously a no-brainer uh, situation. Right now, the Suns are five-and-a-half-point favorites against the Trailblazers for tonight. Are you guys taking the Trailblazers, or are you going to go with Phoenix? What are you I thinking? I put money on Phoenix all the time. Even when I know they're going to lose, I put money on Phoenix. There you have no, it. I don't do all that, but I do think they're going to win. <laughs> well, at least, like, free bets from DraftKings or theoretical dollars. All I would right. always take the Suns. Well, you heard it here first. Lindsay's taking the Suns, so if you take the Suns and they lose, it's Lindsay's fault. Sorry. Uh, just kidding. But if they win, it's also my fault. So. <laughs> just make sure you use the code PHNX when you sign up in the DraftKings Sportsbook app. We are going to post our selections as a four-part poll on PHNX underscore sports Twitter for you guys to vote on which player you think would make the best in each designated role so you all can weigh in. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at PHNX underscore sports. Last week's uh, episode was about rebranding the Arizona sports teams. And according to the people, they most would want to see the Cardinals rebrand to the Firebirds. So they won by 47% no. compared to the rest, of our, <laughs> the rest of our options. I thought the Diamondbacks rebranding to the Scorpions was going to win. What but the uh, It was either Diamondbacks going to Scorpions, Coyotes going to Roadrunners, Suns going to Wranglers, or the Cardinals going to Firebirds. And 47% of people said the Firebirds was the best rebrand. Well, I don't. I disagree with the people, <laughs> but I also say I do like the name Scorpions for a team yeah. here in the Valley. Yeah, definitely. But I hate well. Scorpions, so like having to see an actual scorpion That's on right. They're somebody's disgusting, jersey repulsive and stuff, creatures. I'm just like, <laughs> uh... 
I don't know about that one. Well, maybe they could draw it in a way that is more appealing. But did the, the Arizona, the Arizona yeah. Sting, the sting yeah, was they did a like lacrosse sting. team. They had an awesome logo. Yeah, but it was lacrosse. That so was just kind of wasted. No offense to Sting. No, <laughs> I, I didn't even know it was a team. I've been, to an Ari- I've been to multiple Arizona Sting games. Wow. In my past. They still exist? In my past. Oh. I don't know if they do. I don't even know if they exist. I don't think they do. I don't do. know. It was years ago. Yeah. But that was, was a cross. Cool. Are we cool. offending people? I don't know. Maybe. I'm sorry. If you're an Sting fan, I apologize. is an underrated sport, but it's just like you don't have access to it. No. On like a it was huge. Setting, I grew so. up in Ohio. It was really big in Ohio. It was like one of the most popular sports at my high school, and it was really big where I came from. I have not even heard the word lacrosse uttered here in Arizona, though. Mm-hmm. And I've li- I've have eight years that I've lived here. So <laughs> there you have it. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning into the Phoenix Sports Podcast. Like I mentioned, make sure to go follow us on Twitter at phnx underscore sports so you can weigh in on our poll. If you haven't subscribed to gophnx.com yet, you must do so. We've got a ton of great content on there, written articles, exclusive video content. You can join the Discord and talk with all of us whenever you want. We're usually on the Discord, especially during game days, uh, chiming in about games. So make sure you go subscribe to gophnx.com. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We really appreciate subscriptions there, as well as the podcast wherever you are listening to this podcast. And we will see you next week.